The Medicare annual election period deadline is almost here. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who started their search for coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online, so he started at MyHealthPolicy.com. I took my time and found the coverage I was looking for, and done. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plans, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com and done. Switched to a better plan. And Michael. I met with a local licensed insurance agent face-to-face and done. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to compare top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. T.J. Hoisington, who's been a, he's now a permanent guest here, and we want to keep it that way. Um, and you're listening to Authentically You, Social Interaction for the Mind and Soul. For the next 25 minutes, we talk about healing and growth from the inside out. Remember, you are 100% responsible for your happiness, joy, and well-being. Welcome back, T.J. It's great to be with you, and I appreciate. I love, you know, I love our conversations, and I, it's, this is just a ride. So it's a, really a lot of fun. And I like it when you drop in on him right in the middle of it, right? Yeah, right. Because <laughs> he's sharing you off on me like oh, a yeah, Roman totally. candle. Oh yeah, got thrown under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> so last time we were together, we talked about the ten tips to increase self confidence. I think what would be a good idea if let's define self confidence again. Have you take care of that, okay. and then let's review. I'll read the the bullet point. And have you give me a summary of what okay, they are. So summary. we'll all read right. all of them first, and then we'll go over the first five that we've covered, and then we'll go over the second five. So we'll okay. do it in that order. So let's define self-confidence. Well, this is my definition. So my definition is basically it's a feeling or a belief or an assurance about something, or in this case, yourself, because we're talking about self-confidence, right? right? And... Um, and it manifests itself internally by the way you feel, but it also is sort of an outward expression, which is like game on mentality, the way you sit, the way you carry yourself, where are your shoulders, where's your chin, your body, your, your body rep- when someone has confidence, right? They walk a certain way. They talk a certain way in many cases. There's an so energy to there's them. There's an energy to them. Right. And so... Uh, but it's really just believing that the future will turn out well, that, hey, I make things happen. <laughs> oh, great. So I'm going to keep mine close to me. We just had a, a problem here. Um, TJ left his glasses here last time, and his glasses look eerily similar to mine. I just want to verify that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> My bad. Squirrel. Yeah, big squirrel. <laughs> So anyways, I mean, I, I, when I see people that are confident, they, they represent it, but some don't, right? Because some can be pretty chill, but they they seem to be 
uh, when you talk to them and get dig into things, they're very confident. And some of those will come out in these steps. They're confident in what they know. So I want to go back to the energy just for a second. Um, lots of times people think that they can cover their their lack of confidence in who they are. They cover it with loud laughter. That's right. They cover it with um, sarcasm. I've seen that. A lot of criticism. Yep. Um, and they'll cover it in a way that you would think is the antithesis of who they really are. Bullies utterly lack self-confidence. They are cowards, and they're closet cowards. Every bit of scientific research supports the fact that when someone is over, um, over dominating, mm -hmm. very controlling, yep. um, very, and they coax a lot, salespeople who use manipulation, coaxing, uh, controlling, all lack self-confidence because I train them constantly. So that all we're suggesting here is that this lack of balance in one's identity, and they don't know who you are, mm -hmm. that's going to manifest in various things. And we're going to talk about Well, and it'll affect the connection you have with other people, too. It's the law of transference, right? So you do want to be authentically you, but you want to also have self-worth and a belief in yourself that you can make, that you have control over your destiny, right? Oh, that's well said. Yeah. Good. So we're going to go over the 10. I'll read okay. them real quick, and then we'll go over the five. Uh, number one, the act of confidence comes first, and the feelings of confidence come second. Well, we're kind of we go into that. Let oh, me okay. do them real quick. Okay. You can't fake confidence. You have to earn it and develop it. Never stop growing and learning. Read inspiring stories of others. Learn from others' successes and failures. Follow through to the end of all your commitments. Avoid conversations with people that drain you. I'm very excited for that one. Improve your physical appearance. Reflect on your past wins and accomplishments. Act as if. Develop a strong self-image. And then number 10, act on conscience. Integrity. Mm. So let's go back to the beginning. The act of confidence comes first, and the feelings of confidence come second. I remember talking about this one. What's your takeaway in, in, on that? What's the act first, feelings second? First of all, this is the golden rule of confidence. You want to be more confident? Don't wait till you feel confident before you take action. Well, I'll do it when I'm motivated. I'll do it when I feel like doing it. No, confidence comes. You've got to act your way to confidence. Okay, so I just taught a class, and it was on um, deliberate practice. Okay. And it was talking about people who are great writers. I want to be a writer, let's just say. And I'll write when I feel like I'm writing, right? Yeah, That's an luck. amateur. Mm -hmm. But great writers feel like writing at 8.30 a.m. every day. A great photographer doesn't take good pictures when they come up. A great photographer is constantly taking pictures because they have a camera with them. And I would just say I'm a writer. I've written five books. And, and I would say I don't wake up at 8.30 every morning ready to write because my style is to lead with my voice and write second. Prolific writers... They express through writing and less speaking, but I'm a, I'm a speaker, right. right? So I start there. So my style is if I were to open my phone right now, and you can verify this, if I go back to my notes, how many notes do I have? I know it's really glasses. small. Uh, 5,311. So uh, what does that mean? It means I write different. So just in case someone's listening to this. So I write by... When I wake up at 8.30 in the morning, I'm in my notes sharing my ideas, my thoughts. But see, you're doing it every day. Totally doing it every That's day. That's the difference. Every you day. don't act confident when you feel confident. You act confident 
all the time. When you're a good writer, a great writer, you're writing. And the, the example is because you write at the same time every day, you give yourself the highest probability. Right. An athlete, a great athlete, exercises and feels like exercising every day. The word feel is a metaphor. I can tell you when I ran my marathons, there were days I did not totally. feel like running. I hit a wall at mile one. Right. And I still have seven, eight more to go. And that's my day's workout. And there are days that I didn't want to write because I had writer's block or I was stuck on a, on a point, right? One of the protocols in the depression protocol that came from uh, Dr. Gottfried, Sarah yeah. Gottfried, was that you have to put yourself in motion. Totally. People who are depressed don't put themselves in motion. They're just, trying. They're just they staying there, they're in bed, right. Yep. And that's mm -hmm. the idea. People who are not depressed put themselves in motion. You build an environment that allows you, that makes the decision for you. Right. Today at seven o'clock, I will be taking a walk. Right. At two o'clock, I will be doing this. So the environment then helps you make that decision. That's really good. Um, when you, you know, it was Eleanor Roosevelt that said this, you gain strength, courage, and confidence by every experience in which you really stop and look face in the uh, fear in the face. The danger, the danger lies in refusing to face the fear and not daring, daring to come to grips with it. And, and so if you're listening to this and you're like, well, th this doesn't feel natural or this scares me or whatever, you know, it was Mark Twain that once said, do the thing you fear and the thing you fear will dissipate, right? You, you've got to get in the habit. Every person who's gone through something like this, and this is when I teach how to do interviews, when I teach people how to have conversations with, they will always say, boy, that just seems so bold. Oh, that just seems so offensive. Oh, that just seems, I can't do that. Yeah. What you think is bold today is benign tomorrow. Can be, yes. It's, it's your perception of bold. That's so correct. when I ask someone a question, well, what was your dad like when that happened? There are people who recoil. No, you never ask that question. Mm. Well, what was it like growing up poor? Oh, no, I can't ask that question. They just told you by giving you an answer that they grew up poor. And you're now afraid to talk about what they just introduced into the story. That's your fear. Mm -hmm. It's bold today. It's not bold mm -hmm. tomorrow. Act. The act of confidence comes first by pushing yourself past your comfort zone. That's right. Moving That's into exactly that place right. of pain. Pain is wonderful. Pain is a great thing to have if you understand what pain is. Harness it. That's right. Pain doesn't have to go out of control. You don't have to suffer. That's my and, and so we won't go there now, but when we get down to number eight, there's going to be a – you can desensitize those feelings of fear or comfort zone, anxiety, tension. So Oh, anyway. great. I like that word. Okay, okay. number two, you can't fake confidence – you have to earn it and develop it. Yet, uh, if I'm listening to you, TJ, okay. I'm going to play devil's advocate. Yet, you just said you have to act, fake it till you make it, as though it were. You just said you have to act confident first, and then they'll come second. Then you said, but you can't fake it. I am not a believer in the term fake it till you make it. I'm a believer in the concept. I choose not to use fake because I don't want to fake anything. And here's my concern about people, we talked about it earlier, just right. there's some people that act in these different crazy outlandish ways to try to appear confident when really they're not confident. And the last time we talked about the saccharine sweet salesperson who's just so nice and sweet all the time, well, that's not authentic. That's right. And people who are overly nice and overly diplomatic, most people will take that as inauthentic and scary 
because those kinds of people typically come back and will abuse you or bully you or whatever. Well, what about people? What about people that maybe have a hard time listening? Maybe you don't have confidence in yourself. That you'll, you know, they just. But if, if you actually, yeah, you're right. right. I agree okay. with that. This yeah. is good. So the the you can't fake confidence. You're right on the internal state because that's your identity. So I'm just saying through acting, through becoming a person, and right, you will come to a place where now you have authentically become a confident person. That doesn't make you better than someone else. It just makes you more comfortable within yourself that you can handle life's challenges with ease. Number three. Never stop growing and learning. Yep, this is key. The more you can learn, the more you can develop skills. If you're going in to give a presentation and you don't prepare for it, what do you think your confidence level is going to be? But if you've spent a good few days studying the concepts or the ideas or the bullet points or whatever that you're going to be teaching on or presenting, you're going to be more confident. So there's something to be said for taking the time out to prepare yourself. Okay, in the last segment, we talked about these um, false narratives that we're telling ourselves. And some people have a false narrative that says, I can't have mutual trust and respect with someone, which means that I can't make friends. That's because they're not taught the social skills. Sherry told the story of that woman who was a professional decided to be a full-time mom on her second child yeah. and then just yeah. hit a wall That's right. because she never learned the skills to be an effective mother. You have to deliberately practice the simplest things in life. How many people really deliberately practice being married? Yeah, well, no. Yeah. How many people deliberately practice being a father yeah. or a mother? How many people deliberately practice being... Training. But that's the challenge. We're waiting till it happens, right. and we're not doing it in advance. Right. That's not deliberate practice. That's not the, the recipe. The, the only challenge I would say with that is sometimes you can't even ask. Talking about scotomas, you can't even ask the right questions until you start taking action out of a place of er uh, not ignorance. Right. right. That's a fair statement. Okay. But let's say it happens, and then it happens again, and then it happens again. We got a problem. That's on you. Yeah, right. exactly. And that's all I'm suggesting. Right. When you're a parent and it doesn't go well, what is your next step? Invest in yourself at that point and go study. Go learn. Take right. 30 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day, studying, learning, becoming. And then, th th this is awesome. Um, this is from James Clear. I get, a podcast, mm -hmm. or, uh, I get emails from him regularly. There's two quotes I want to read here. The people who have already walked through the fire can help you do the same. Who are you surrounding yourself with? Oh, yeah. If you're surrounding yourself with the people who are having the same problem you are, that's not where you go to get the advice. Why is it that kids always get advice from other kids? They don't get advice from mom and dad. And the problem is mom and dad may not know. That goes to number four. Read it. Read inspiring stories of others. Learn from other successes and failures. My thought and how I wrote those, that point was just the fact when you read a good biography of someone and you find out, and maybe there, there's a kinship with that person you're reading about or you an interest. You kind of feel like you know them, right? Yeah, and you are just an area of interest, and you see how many failures they went through, and you realize, wow, that person still made it because of these belief systems. Good if you point. adopt those belief systems that would keep you keep going, hey, you have a better chance of succeeding in the future. So whether it's through reading a book whether or whether it's surrounding yourself with people that can lift you, just being around them. So another thing he said was, if you want to be in the top 1% of a particular domain and get rid of any other, what if the domain is just being a good husband, a good wife? That that's your domain. Right. What if it's just being a good friend? Exactly. Then you can't take your cues from and follow the social norms 
of the 99% of the people who don't. Okay, got a story. Maybe you'll like this one. I don't know. <laughs> I was on an, I was sitting on an airplane. And when I sat down, there was a, a lady sitting next to me. And I'm, I like to put on my headphones so I can think and I'm very effective. But in the beginning, I'll usually say hi to the person next to me or whatever. Well, she, she started talking a little bit. We started talking about her family. I ask a lot of questions. That's my style. Tell me about your family. Tell me, do you have kids? Whatever. She has two kids. Her biggest goal in life is to be a great mother. And she spent eight minutes talking about the things she does for her kids and how kids are so important. And she probably felt like she could share that because I shared that that was important to me and my wife as well. And then the plane got above, I don't know, 10, 15,000 feet. And uh, she opened up her iPad and started watching Desperate Housewives and another show and another show. And I just had the thought, I, I'm not dissing on necessarily those shows. I right, maybe, maybe not. But what I did see was, is she, I thought to myself that comment that you just said, is she getting her cues from maybe not an authentic source? Okay, let's split the head up again. So you have values and willpower. Her values are to be the best mother she can. That's her willpower. I want to be the best mother I can. Mm -hmm. But what is she telling herself that's not true? What would be a false narrative going on if she's catching her clues from, um, let's just say, Hollywood? I mean, is Hollywood principle-based? Bizarre really. rhetorical the, the, question. The, yeah, no, yeah, Stephen Covey always talked about before he passed away that the, the, their social values, they're not real values. They're not true principles. They're social norms. Or social, yeah. They're, yeah. However you want to say it to me, it's a norm. That's right. Yeah. So the idea would be to me, and this is what I see a lot, they'll come in here and they'll profess utter love for their children, and their children are really struggling. Yeah. And they're coming in the office because they want me to fix their children. And I said, well, I, I can't do that, by the way, but I can work with you because you're the source of the child's maladaptive behavior. That's not very comfortable for them to hear, and they'll deny, literally deny all the time that they have anything to do with their child because their intents were so noble. Intents are beautiful, and I don't want to take anything away from intents. But when your child learns from compounding behaviors or experiences over and over again, they create their own narrative about life. Mm -hmm. Now, she, if she's taking her cues from the 99%, and by the way, Hollywood has been driving our social norms forever. For Even sure. the White House drives our social norms. I'm really concerned with the current occupant and his social norms. I was concerned when Clinton was president. The social norms do not breed happiness, joy, and well-being on any kind of longevity. It's a temporary addictive fix when we operate in those fashions. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we did number four then, read inspiring stories, learn from them. Just learn from others that are successful, right? If I want to go study how to be a better parent as I raise my kids, I'm going to go to people that have Number five, made it work. Yeah. follow through to the end of all of your commitments. Now, before you comment, I want this question out there. I think I brought this up before. The challenge is some people are quick starts. They just, they're great at the ideas, but they can't get it done. Yeah, they're going to follow through, right? Right. I just think there's conscious, not consciously, but conscience or conscience. I, that inner still small voice inside gives you a pat on the back when you make a commitment and you follow through on it. 
when you make a commitment and you don't follow through, I think it just eats away at the psyche. I think what uh, I, I, at least the idea that I would throw out, and I've, because I'm that, I'm a quick start. Um, I am too. I am too. And what I've learned to do is to surround myself with people who don't have the quick start mentality, but love to finish things off. We work, we collaborate. We're on the same page. Yeah, collaboration is always better in competition. Yeah, totally. All right, new stuff. Number six, avoid conversations with people that drain you. Oh, yeah. I mean, you are you become the average of the five people you hang around. So who are you hanging around? I like that. That's really good. What, 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 what? I mean, the, it's a law of transference. I brought it up earlier. I mean, listen, you can be the fastest runner in the room. You can be the fastest runner in school. But if you're running in quicksand, you'll never tap your potential. Right? So so the reality is you got to – I've taught my kids this. The people you hang around, you, you say, well, I'm not a thief. I wouldn't steal anything. I write, and if you think you can, I go, you hang around people that do that stuff? It's just a matter of time before you do it. It's in the 90 percentile. Correct. It's in the 90 percentile. So I would throw this out there if, if I could be so bold. Remember the story Sherry told about, again, the professional who wanted to be a full-time mom? Yes. Okay, what she didn't do was develop the skills to handle what she wanted to do at first, so she medicated it. People who avoid conversations completely don't have the skills because they're, they're sucked into it. What if you had the ability to control the environment to stop the bad, the draining conversations? It doesn't mean you have to have them, but avoiding them doesn't ever help. Learn how to handle it and then learn how to prioritize your time so you don't have to run into them. My in-laws were the best example I had. They drained me, mm-hmm. just ultimately. And it was mostly because of a story I was telling myself about myself and about them. Then I practiced dealing with people like them. Mm-hmm. I became much better at it to the point that when I'm around them or anyone like them, they, one, don't drain me. And two, if there are people who drain me, then I choose not to be with them in a very socially or emotionally intelligent manner that puts a boundary between them and me because I respect me. Correct. Love that. That's okay. So I'm not a nice guy. There's family. You can't, you can't always control the environment, No. but you can control who you share and what you share with people that, is that can trigger friction. And so, and some people just don't go there with them. You're right. Keep it simple, lay low, but that's on. where civility with boundaries becomes your operating principle. If, if this person I'm talking to really is a bad apple and just there's nothing you can do, then you say, you and I will choose not to share space right. because you're right. not safe space for me. Right. And that safe space is now becoming a byword for people full of anxiety. Totally. Okay, number seven, improve your physical appearance. I just think it's another psyche thing. It's another conscious, uh, you know, subconscious thing that when you dress for success, when you dress, listen, <laughs> there's research that shows when you per- you perform better based on how you dress. And so if you're sloppy and you expect to be successful, you may hold yourself back a little bit, right? But if you can dress up, put on a tie or a, whatever, a dr- whatever your style is, I'm just saying it can affect the way you behave. So I'll throw this out there. I don't, I'm not a tie kind of a guy. Fair. I, I don't enjoy it, but I don't mind being my primary goal in clothing is comfort. Mm-hmm. Everything about what I wear is comfortable. So I've had this debate with Sherry and my father-in-law and, and other people who just would say, no, you need to, to dress up, Richard. And I was, I kind of set a trend in the area. 
as a mortgage broker way back when, everyone wore a, a shirt and a tie, a collared shirt and a tie, and I didn't. I refused, but my numbers were a lot better than theirs. But I did dress professionally. I dressed very comfortably to mm -hmm. me, but I didn't like the suit and tie look because of the message it sent to people. Mm -hmm. Bankers, um, financial people are in the top five of the most distrusted professions. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to look like them, but I did want to look inviting and comfortable. So what I would throw on there on top of that, and maybe you, you would be in harmony with that, dress for success, but dress smartly. You don't have to dress in the GQ stuff. You don't. But dress smartly and send the message that you're comfortable with who you are in your yeah, own clothes. I agree with that. All right. Number eight, reflect on your past wins and accomplishments. Act as if. Flip back and flip flip up, right? So here's, here's the deal. That dovetails a little bit on the whole idea of faking it till you make it. This is where these two collide together in a sense. I don't like okay. using the term fake it till you make it, okay. but there is a point where you reflect on your past wins and then you act as if going forward. I'm going to behave as though I'm confident. Uh, we talk about confidence that will come. In That's mindfulness, what if I am? What does that look correct. like? That's Beautiful. Number right. nine, develop a strong self-image. We're close on time. Okay, we don't have time to go over this in this podcast, but literally, you've got to constantly be working on your self-image, the way you view yourself, the way you see yourself performing, right? That's critical. And then number 10, act on conscience. You write the word integrity. Yeah, I think this is probably the biggest thing, especially in the world, in today's world, is the ability to act on conscience, not conscience, conscience. Am I saying You're that conscious. Right? You're conscious. No, yeah, it's that, that light of Christ thing. The, is, yes, yeah. the light of Christ thing. Yeah. It is acting, authentically being you, yeah. being integrity, being honest, being true. Right. And I will tell you what, that'll increase your confidence above any other, any of the, other of these nine things. DJ, thank you so much, guys. We're out of time. This has been very uplifting. Even though some of this was a repeat, it was great for me to hear it again as well. Enjoyed and we'll, it. we'll do this again. Yes. Remember, everyone, you have all the resources in you to become the best person you need to be your authentically self. All mistakes you make are just an opportunity to have a Inside my head, I try to turn it down, but I can't quite drown it out. I'm tortured every day. These never ending worries pulling on my sleeve. So many times now I was The Medicare annual election period deadline is coming soon. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who found the key to the right coverage at myhealthpolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online. I took my time and found the best Medicare Advantage plan for me at MyHealthPolicy.com. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plan, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com. And finally, Michael. I prefer face-to-face, -face, so I chose MyHealthPolicy.com and enrolled on the spot. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. MyHealthPolicy.com. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. 
The Medicare annual election period deadline is coming soon. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who found the key to the right coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online. I took my time and found the best Medicare Advantage plan for me at MyHealthPolicy.com. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plan, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com. And finally, Michael. I prefer face-to-face, so I chose MyHealthPolicy.com and enrolled on the spot. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. MyHealthPolicy.com. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call.